Hey, welcome to episode six of the Slightly Fuzz podcast. Shout out to Dunes on this episode. They have a song called Circles on the Slightly Fuzz playlist on Spotify. Up next, we have Ryan Garney. Okay, Ryan Garney from High Desert Queen, Lick of My Spoon Productions, Ripple Fest, Texas, newly signed to Ripple Music. Also, turns out you are a teacher. You are a busy person. Yeah, that is that's that's the that's the real job. The other stuff I don't let my students know about. But uh, I, well, I was going to ask. Man, I'm really happy to be here. What thanks for are having you? Me. Yeah, thanks for being here. What are you a teacher of, and what grade level? So I've been teaching English uh, for quite a while now, uh, 15 years actually. I don't know where the years go, but I've been teaching English, and I coach. Uh, so and I'm senior English. And I'm a varsity boys basketball coach. I have, this will be my first year that I will not be teaching English. I'm teaching what I actually went to college for, finally, which is audio and video production. Um, The only drawback, which is going to be awesome. I can't wait to teach it. The thing is, I learned, uh, you know, 15 years ago. So the software is a little bit different now. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting in there and and teaching those classes. And your students have no idea the other stuff, the peripheral stuff, the band, anything like they, that? They are st- – no, high school kids are pretty savvy when it comes to technology. And as the band has done better, um, a lot of them have put two and two together. I'm interested, interested to see what's going to happen this year because right towards the end of the, the, end of the year – it kind of, like I don't talk about that, you know. I just go about my business. I'm, there I am, Mr. Garney, and I teach, yeah. and I'm on the court. I'm Coach Garney. Um, but as the year year went on last year, and we started getting more press, because um, our single had come out, uh, some kids found it and uh, they discovered it. What I'm curious to see about now is they've had a whole summer to let that kind of snowball, and then we had a music video come out last week, and I've already had. I'm at in-service. School isn't back until next week, but I've had I've had teachers who've even seen it. So I'm like, oh, yeah. this is going to oh, well, be, I'm, I'm, so be <laughs> I'm so fascinated how, how that turns out because, I mean, I didn't have any cool teachers when I was in high school. And even if they were like closet metalheads, they certainly weren't, weren't in bands and they certainly weren't yeah. getting their arms ripped off at a music That's video. <laughs> yeah, but see, here's the deal. Maybe you did and you just yeah. didn't know. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Like I, I haven't said anything, but yeah. I, what does like the the faculty knows, think of all of it? I'm sure they know, right? Uh, they do. In fact, uh, I'm sure we'll talk later about Ripple Fest. But see, Ripple Fest was here in my where I live in my hometown, and um, there were some teachers there, and that kind of blew me away. They didn't really? make like the connection. Real fans, or because the you were there? Uh, There's a couple that did. I knew that were. Yeah, like I was there, and they're like, "What are y'all doing here?" Like, oh, I, uh, I'm, I put this together and I'm going on stage in a little bit. Like what? And then there's a couple there that did know. And, you know, cause I, I have some, you know, friends within, you know, a, a teachers that I'm like, okay with saying, yeah, this is actually what I do, uh, for fun. And, uh, so a couple of them came, but, but what's funny was the ones that came without any knowledge was they were there to see like another, another band, which was really cool. I'm like, that oh, is yeah, really cool. Band yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a, that's a strange thing. It's been fun, I mean, man. At least I guess at least you're not in like some death metal band, and it's really gory and violent and disturbing. It, you know, it's a pretty positive type of metal that you're into, so it could be worse. 
Yeah, I'm not right. I'm I'm not in Cannibal Corpse or you know yeah. Gore or something like that where I'm spraying blood on people in the crowd and and singing about the devil or anything. So I think I should I should be okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That that's interesting. So, all right, let's talk about Ripple Fest. Um, yeah. I'm I'm yeah, so man. jealous of what's going on in Austin because I lived there for a year and a half in 2015, 2016, and it was great. I mean, every weekend we had something awesome to do. There was always festivals and concerts and anything else going on. We traveled a lot. We went around Texas. We did all sorts of stuff, but there was no Ripple Fest. I think the year that we left. Queens of Stone Age played ACL, so I missed that by <laughs> six months or something. Uh, you know, now Joe there. Rogan's there, and you know, the, the, there's about to be a comedy boom down there, and and Ripple Fest again is is something I was so jealous of when I heard about it happening. So, so congratulations on that. I, uh, I the the lineup, the, the fact that it was in Austin, uh, it looked like an awesome, awesome festival. Yeah, it came together really well. Uh... And as you're right, there's a lot going on down here. And there is a massive wave of, like you said, uh, there's a comedy thing happening right now. But there's really like a lot of, there's always been a lot of music here. But there's certainly a wave of, you know, I think sometimes it gets uh, misclassified if you just by calling it stoner rock. I know we're considered stoner rock, but really just heavy rock or hard rock. And there's a lot of really good bands right now. And it's really it's kind of cool to be a part of a scene that's exploding and ripple fest is kind of, that's kind of what made ripple fest such a success. Um, really was the scene. Like I, people, like I, I can't, I can't take a lot of credit for it. I mean, when you book good bands, people will come, right. That, that's the main thing, but um, it kind of just spawned as an idea. So my, my band, you know, we had, we had been signed by ripple. We hadn't announced it until recently, but you know, we, we had been signed and, um, there's another band, good friends of ours here, Holy Death Trio, uh, who had also been. So we're both uh, what, what's, what's called Blasco artists. So Blasco right. is the new A&R of Ripple. Uh, he heard our, heard our song, which blew my mind. He heard our song. And when I'm getting a call from Blasco, that that was uh, one of the coolest days of my well, life. You only have one song out, right, at this time. He just heard right. one song and was like, that's all I need. <laughs> that's and, awesome. And, and I'm telling you, man, it was it was it was super cool. Uh, we had an album done, but you know we only released a single yeah. to kind of see what was out there. And he he heard it and then immediately reached out to me. He was like, "Y'all are you on a label?" And I said, "No." Did you have any more music? I said, "Yep." Sent it to him, and like three days later, we were putting the ink on paper. It was really cool. But anyway, so I reached out to, to to Todd, the the CEO of Ripple, and I was like, "Hey, we got this idea of doing like." I've seen y'all do ripple fests like around the world and like um, it'd be kind of cool to do one in Texas because there's never been one in Texas. And they had started to sign several, like just in like 2020 alone, they signed several Texas artists. And yeah. so really the, the idea was to, just to have the show of like the bands that just got signed by ripple, like us, um, Holy death trio, thunder horse, uh, who's a great band out of San Antonio. I've been playing with, you know, loving those guys for years, several d- different bands, you know, we, we go way back. And so we had a good relationship with them. And so we're like, you know, let's just get a couple of these bands and a couple of these, these Texas artists. There's already some good bands up like, like mothership. That'd be awesome. That'd be the ultimate, but we probably, probably aren't probably not going to get that big. But when I, and what's cool about Todd is I call Todd like, Hey man, let's, 
let's do this. He's like, you don't even, you don't need my permission, man. <laughs> He's like, just go for it, do it. And I didn't know what I was doing. So I just kind of said, all right, I'll. Did I'll you already have like, Lick of My Spoon or was that how Lick of My Spoon was born? So yeah, but see what, how Lick of My Spoon was born was we were originally a Houston band. And then I moved out this way. I took a teaching job out here and um, my guitar player still lives in Houston, but then we got a, our drummer, uh, Phil Hook, just a massive beast. Good buddy of mine, Matt Metzger plays bass. Um, they live out this way. We got together. I was like, man, I want to book some shows, but nobody knows who we are. You know, we, we, we barely got going in Houston before I moved out here. And uh, like we only played a couple shows, really. And so I created the Lick of My Spoon moniker really just to book my band. And uh, that way I could, I, I wouldn't be like, I feel more professional saying, hi, this is Ryan from Lick of My Spoon Productions. I'd like to book a band called High Desert Queen. You know, just it made it sound more professional. There was really yeah. nothing else to it but that. Um, and then like we got out here and then, and then you know, the, the world shut down. And um, there'd be, I, I kind of was like always trying to get right in the right, that, live music is, is, is hurting badly and and I just kind of reached out to a lot of bands and and licking my spoon kind of grew that way just by building a relationship with bands because um, as a as a band you know who's who's nothing you know just a just a local artist you know we've we've been screwed over by different people and you know had a great show and not getting paid and we're like oh I guess just how I guess just how it is you know we don't we don't know any any better and I decided though well, I want to do something where like everybody gets paid and like Cause if I'm, there's no middleman, it's me. And I'm just like here and that goes to the bands. And it, so I started working out really well. So I had lick of my spoon, but it was not at the level until ripple fest happened. Um, I mean, I had a festival happen the month before, but they, they were all being booked at the same time. It was an idea I had called Lone Star Unleashed, which was, uh, we had 20 bands all from the state of Texas and, and, uh, it went really well. It just kind of became a perfect storm where, the world opened and I, I had a great relationship with the bands. They were awesome. We kept like pushing the date back, pushing the date back. World Open it was the first festival. Um, so it just went really, really well. But with the Ripple Fest thing, I'm talking to Todd about, well, I like to book some bands. And he's like, go for it. I well, I was you know, kind of hoping you'd help me with that. And then he did without, without in, like directly helping me. Like I would, I would reach out to all these bands and then I'd be like, hey, man, I, I think I think I, I think I've, I've got, I think I have Wino. Like I think Wino wants to, I may have Wino because Wino is all about, hell yeah, I'm coming to Texas. I want to play in Texas. I was the greatest place in the world. He was all about it. And once I got Wino, it, it, it blew up. That's when, uh, you know, Mothership jumped on Freedom Hawk. Like Todd was instrumental getting Freedom Hawk down there because they're, they're way up in Virginia. And, uh, so Todd was like, yeah, I'll take, I'll, I'll get him down there. It was great. You know? So that's when Todd was huge. Where I was going to say, like, I, I kind of watched it grow. I feel like I remember seeing at least like the initial lineup promoted and being like, oh, you know, that must be the headliner. And then like a week later, I'm right. like, oh, shit, that's the headliner. And then a week yeah, later, I'm like, oh shit, that's the headliner. And then a week later, I'm like, holy shit. That's the, and then it just kept growing. And, and I was like, this is the yeah. best lineup I've seen in so long. It's any festival. And we had fun with that because we did have the lineup fully intact when we started doing those teasers. Like we knew, yeah. um, but but you know when I but it's when I was contacting bands. Like when I reached out to someone like uh, like one of the first bands I booked on it was Bone Church, just because I'm a fan. Like I love yeah. Bone Church; they're awesome. And if uh, yeah. if you're familiar, they're they're, they're fantastic. Yeah. And I have a newfound respect seeing them live. Unbelievable. 
but you know, I reached out to them and and they were just super cool because they're just road warriors, man. They drove down like from from Connecticut, and at the time, but I'm reaching out to them. I'm like, yeah, man, I don't know how many bands it's gonna be. It's my band who's not even announced yet on Ripple. You know, we've got Thunderhorse, we've got Holy Death Trio. Um, I think at the time I had, I reached out to like good friends of mine, Mr. Plow, because we played with them in Houston and a couple bands. Like we don't have a lot, but you know, I'd love to have you come in there. They, they were in, you know, and they were like, cool. And then it just kind of started growing. But then eventually I was able to, I was able to write Mothership and say, Hey, Mothership, I've got Wino, yeah. you know? And so they were like, yes. And then I'm, then I was able to go, Hey, Freedom Hawk, I've got Mothership and I've got Wino. And they were, it just kind of exploded, you know? And what was cool about this show was that, Everybody on the bill had some kind of connection with Ripple. And that was kind of unique. Uh, I think Todd really appreciated that. And that really honestly was my was my idea. I just didn't know it would grow to such a massive uh, lineup. Like all yeah. of a sudden, I'm turn, I turn around and I got 15 bands. And I'm like, crap, now I have to actually make this work. <laughs> I've got the band that all said yes. Now I've got to make yeah. – uh, now we got to – we got to – I got to work the lineup logistically and I got to sell some tickets, but yeah, man, well, it was, it's a testament it, to how awesome ripple really is as a label. They have amazing bands on ripple, but not all of them were signed to ripple. Correct. I mean, there's a few that aren't, but a handful of them yeah. are. Yeah. Most of like, most of them were, were signed to ripple, but then bands like, uh, you know, like Mr. Plow, they did an album in like 2009 with ripple, you know, it's okay. been a long time, you know, and then gotcha. like switch, switchblade Jesus, is no longer on Ripple, but the original release was on Ripple, and so everybody had some kind of connection, you know. And yeah. I was really cool. It was really cool to book, uh, like Grail out of um, Arizona. Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, uh, Tempe or Phoenix, Arizona. They're like high school kids, man. Yeah. Like high school kids, and and I knew that, and it doesn't hit you until they roll up in a van with their dads, and I'm like this is the coolest <laughs> thing ever, you know. Yeah, but. And that was Blasco because Blasco, you know, he's they're a Blasco artist as well. And he told me, he said, hey, man, they, these guys are really people started hearing about Ripple because we were announcing it. We just didn't announce any bands. And the, the amount of bands I had to turn down was remarkable. Like, I never thought I'd be in a position to tell bands, hey, I was just I don't I don't have any room and, and, and good yeah. quality bands, too. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it was really cool to get bands like that. And, and yeah, there's some bands like Foster Mother, you know, that don't that have a Ripple connection, um, but you know, it's, it hasn't gone through the the full announcement yet. You know, like they're out of Houston, that's going to be on Ripple. Um, you know, so there's, everybody had some kind of connection, which is cool. Yeah. As we work, as as I work on, like I've already started working on Ripple Fest 2022, and Ripple there may not. Illinois. Yeah, we're doing we're doing the big we're doing a big I'm gonna do another big 2022 bash in Texas. But here's and the deal. I, Illinois. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Like here's here's my thing, and I've talked to Todd about this, and um, I have I've always I want to take it on the road. Like I want to take even that was even my plan for this year, but you know with with COVID and everything that was definitely yeah. out of the and I and honestly I'm I'm not ready to know I don't even know how to do all that so. But I'm the kind of person like I'm going to figure it out. And so my goal next year is to take it on the road, get a core group of bands and then have those bands uh, play around. So maybe in Rockford, <laughs> Illinois. Yeah. But uh, but as I work on that show, what's cool is what I love about Todd, what I love about Ripple. And, you know, we've only been in the family for a little bit for a little bit. And I'm sure you've heard that expression, the Ripple family, because I can't express to you how much it really is a family. It's awesome. 
Yeah. Uh, everyone's taking care of each other and looking out for each other. And Todd's very meticulous about who he signs. Uh, they need, cause he wants them to be not only a good band, but you know, people that understand that concept of, of ripple family. But it, what I'm saying, what I mean by that is that Todd is, does not care if I call something ripple fest. And I, if I have a band from heavy psych or a band from metal blade or somebody else, another label. Cause he's like, man, if it helps the scene, it helps everybody in the end. And that's such the greatest attitude to have, which is why he's successful. Yeah, I've heard him say something about that. I think, you know, a few months ago, I I saw an interview with him or something like that and saw him say pretty much just that, that he just wants to support the scene, whether they're a Ripple band technically or not. And that's such a cool attitude to have, but it's, you know, it it shows through in his company. I mean, it's it's the best. It's the place to be if you're if you're in the scene. And that's why he's so successful is just that attitude. Yeah, because I mean, you can't go wrong with attitude and, and it makes it makes me or my job booking 2022 that much easier because I don't <laughs> there are no handcuffs saying I can only book ripple bands because there's a freaking lot of good ripple bands but it yeah. allows me to even go like just a bigger name you know like reach you could. out I mean you could make a festival big. just out of ripple bands for sure and Easily. have no problem with it but the fact that that that's not even an issue is you know an amazing it's a testament yeah. to him and it's amazing it's an amazing concept yeah, so it's it's been really cool working with him, and I, like I said, I look forward to making Ripple Fest 2022. It was very successful, uh, the last one, but I think you know we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna go bigger and better. Uh, and there's talk of like I said, I want to take it on the road. There's there's been talk of making it a multiple day festival. Uh, we're not I'm not sure. You know, I even so I I did my homework and I look at festivals like ACL and I look at festivals like Lollapalooza and uh, how they all originated. You know, and they were all like Ripple Fest. They started as a one day thing. Mm-hmm. And it took it took several years before them to for them to become a multiple day uh, thing and become a multi uh, or a, a multiple city thing. So yeah. so I, I'm pace I'm pacing myself. I don't want to get I don't want to I'm going to do it the right way. And well, people don't understand how much work really goes into those kind of things too. And I worked for an association management company for like ten years, and we put on week long conferences with thousands of people. And yeah. you have to you have to think about hotel rooms conference rooms, meeting rooms, exhibitors, sponsors, you know, networking hours and, you know, after hours where you're going to eat, you know, yeah. the the name badges, the registration, how to take money, signage at the event, yeah. the promotion beforehand, the emails, and it takes a real team to do all that stuff and and it's got to start a one day because you learn so much the first time right. no matter what you're doing that you know. Yeah, because I had no idea how to do it any of those things and i learned about a lot of those through booking this and luckily from like veteran bands like there's some veteran bands i booked that would ask me a question like oh shit i don't know the answer to that you know yeah but that let me learn that let me learn like what i had to do which which makes me so much more prepared for the next time that's what's great about that lone star that lone star unleashed festival was easy because it was all texas bands everyone knew that they were going to you know it's just you kind of fend for yourself. You just make the trek. I'm going to pay you. We're good. But when you start booking bands from Virginia and Connecticut and California, you start getting into all other things, which is interesting. And right now I'm a one man operation and uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to get some help. But you know what the coolest thing that's ever happened to me? Yeah, I'll be hitting you up. But is that <laughs> I, I get, I get like, I get, you know, obviously I get it's super cool to get, you know, letters from or emails from bands asking to be part of the show. And that's just like, 
that happened. It was like so humbling and like, wow, I don't, uh, they're actually reaching out to me. They, they, they want to be on a lick of my spoon show. That's cool. But, yeah. uh, I got my first resume. Like somebody sent me their resume and I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. So uh, yeah. I'll be reaching out to that guy for sure. That's I didn't, awesome. I didn't yeah. ask. He just, just Hey, yeah. just, just sent, just sent it to me. So that's pretty cool. So tell me about good. the rest of the the festival because all I've seen so far is some videos, the stuff that you guys have posted on Instagram. I saw one YouTube video of a guy that kind of like uh, walked around all day and like did some interviews and did some live shots and stuff like that. But aside from uh, the obvious, the awesome lineup of bands, how was everything else? Uh, food or merch or activities? Yeah. Or what, what was everything else going on? It was pretty cool. The venue was pretty impressive. Um, it was kind of an unknown. It's a bit, it's literally in, it's, so it's, we were saying Austin, it's kind of between Austin and San Antonio and this. Oh, uh, the ski your, ranch, right? The ski ranch. Yeah. So and, I, uh, when I lived down there, I lived, like I said, I lived down there for a while. We went to the ski ranch for this thing called uh, Jaws on the water. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And exactly they like set up this big screen in that grass middle part. And then everyone like is yeah. floating on inner tubes. It's late at night. It's pitch black and they play Jaws. Yeah. So my girlfriend and I went to that when we lived down there. It was awesome. <laughs> and see, that was about all I knew about them, other than they have uh, the cable for the cables for the wakeboarding and skiing. And so my original plan. So it's funny that not many people make this connection, but with the Ripple label, I wanted water involved. To me, it just kind of made sense. And so my original plan was to have because they have a stage out there by the water, and I wanted people to sit in tubes and and watch the show uh, because like I had been to Psycho Las Vegas. I don't know if you've ever been out to that festival before, but mm -hmm. the best the best thing about Psycho Las Vegas is the first day they have a pool party. And so it's in a big swimming pool and it's just like super, it's super awesome. And I was like, all right, I want to do that, but Texas style, like bigger and better, right? Um, and that was the original plan. It didn't work out because I found out they make an extremely large amount of money off their skiing. And if I was going to shut down their skiing park, it was going to come out of pocket a lot. And so I was like, yeah. oh, I'd like, to, I'd like to use your venue because we can, people can still swim there and stuff. And that was cool. But then we moved it indoors because well, the Texas heat. Um, and I had done a festival the month, like a month prior and it went really, really well, but it was like borderline. Like, all right, it's about to get really hot. I went to the X games uh, down there. It was, it was yeah. in June when it what yeah. 2015, I guess it was. And there, yeah. it was at the circuit of Americas. I, I think I'm pretty sure it was circuit of Americas. Mm -hmm. And, there for whoever designed that place being in Austin, Texas and having summer events, there is not a lick of shade in that entire place. <laughs> yeah. And you kind of get used to that Austin heat after a while of being down there. You get a little used to it, you even do. when it's a hundred degrees, but there is no escaping the sun at that place for some reason. So it's brutal no matter yeah. what. And that's why I was concerned because the festival I'd done previously was at a bar or a venue called uh, the far out lounge. Lots of shade. It was great. It was easy, right? Even though it was hot, you could escape. But it was also it needed to be outdoors because of you know we weren't sure what was going on with COVID restrictions and things like that. But then the ski ranch uh, does not have a lot of shade, and it would have been very very brutal where the stages are. And they have a large event center, so we moved it in there, and it was great because then I like the coolest thing about that uh, was we hired the best hire we had. I have to I have to give it to to John Rosales from Holy Death Trio. He helped me out with the suggestion. I was like, man, we should probably get this, the, the Mad Alchemist Liquid Light Show. And I, I'm familiar with him because I've seen him do like shows that I've always wanted to go to that I never got to go to. 
And uh, that was the best hire, the best money we spent because we walk into that place and it's like you walked into a different universe. It was so yeah. cool. The, yeah, the it made the photo super phenomenal. cool too. I mean, it, you were inside just this blank room and it could have been real boring. And that, boring. it made all the photos, the videos, everything look really, really cool. Oh man, it was like, you, you could just walk in and sit and stare at the walls. It was amazing. So it was super cool because that was a big thing too. We, we hired several people. You'll be seeing more videos come out. We hired some, some videographers and some photographers to come out and get some photos because we want to build you know, promotions for the next year by using footage of, we had, we had none this, this past year, you know, we had, cause it, it was yeah. the first year of, of the event. And so it'll, it'll help. And we knew that having the Matt Alchemist liquid light show there was going to make it look that much more unique and professional. But what it's also done is it means we're going to have to get them every year because it was awesome. So they had, that liquid light show alone was fen- phenomenal. Of course, when you got 15 bands of, of merch tables, you can go broke real fast. Because uh, there's a lot of cool merch to buy. Um, Ripple had a cool setup there. They were selling a lot of their their merch. They even had like Ripple shot glasses, which is super cool. That was a big it's a big deal in everywhere, but in Texas is a big deal. Um, we had they had food there. There's food trucks. It was it was it was really it was really cool. Like I'm really really happy with how it how it went down. Very cool. Uh, so. High Desert Queen. Tell me about High Desert Queen. I know you guys played and I haven't seen like a full set or anything like that. Like I said earlier, I know you guys have one song and then I saw another one come out with the Ripple Fest playlist on Bandcamp. There's a second song. Mm-hmm. How does a band that have that has one song get signed to Ripple Music and play this festival and have a full set? You said you have a new album. I know you have a new album coming out. You guys have pre-orders up now, I think. So uh, tell me about High Desert Queen how you guys, how long you guys been playing together? How's that going? Where is it going in the future? So a lot of that is, uh, I told you, I touched on it earlier. It's a lot of luck and kind of wild how it all, how, how the ripple connection happened because we only have one, like I said, we had one song. We still only have one song out. The, in fact, the second, the so, second song that's out, roll the dice. is actually a song that got cut from our album. It, we, we, we deemed it not worthy of meeting the album. That was, you know, with us and, and Blasco, all because he's executive producing, we deemed it not worthy of making the album. But what's so cool to me is that then Todd deemed it good enough to be the fourth track on the Ripple Fest Texas uh, compilation, which was like really humbling. I'm like, man, that's just so cool. We didn't, we just thought that song was just never going to get used. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, we had one song out. Like I told you, Blasco reached out, got us that connection because we had not even. We had probably played two live shows, two shows with the current lineup that we have. We had played one show uh, before we had gotten signed, which I know is ridiculous. We have no album out. It's just don't ask like people ask me, how'd you do it? I don't know, man. It was it's it's we're completely blessed. Very lucky. Um, we we were lucky with getting a lot of really good advice from people like I will always I don't know how to I don't know how to do. I will always ask for help. You know, you can only be as good as the help you get. And you always ask for help. And and because um, it was a struggle. The album was a struggle because we so the first album was basically written by my guitar player and myself. He is a my guitar player. Rusty Miller is a riff machine. He just never stops writing. He has a, like a we, we call it. Oh, they'll send a riff. I'm like, put it in the vault because there's so many to put in the vault. But he and I basically picked a bunch of songs. We wrote them. When I moved out here, um, we needed a rhythm section. 
And I was very, very fortunate to get, uh, who I mentioned earlier, Phil Hook, who was in a band called Monte Luna. And ironically, High Desert Queen, but one of the last shows I think we ever played with the old lineup was also his last show with Monte Luna. And um, we just happened, when I moved out, we happened to be in the same area, reached out to them, started talking. And it really started off as, hey, we help us write an album. We, we have these songs done. Can you help us out? And then when he puts his signature, signature on it, it just went to a whole new level. And uh, like I said, my buddy Matt played bass for us. And, but we literally, when we started recording the album, we started recording it last in February of 2020. So we recorded drum. We did the drums in a weekend because our drummer's a beast. I don't know how he did it, but he got it done, all done in a weekend. And then the world shut down, like four days later, shut down. And even the studio we started recording at shut down like for good. And we couldn't, we didn't know what to do. We're trying to find a studio that would, you know, first of all, open and not be okay with us coming into a studio. Everyone was weary about, about what was going on. We got in, we, we went to Red Nova Ranch. Uh, by, we got, it was recommended to us from good friends of ours, a band, Austin band called Greenbeard, um, who, had, who, was, who was recording there. And we went there and uh, Jeff Henson's awesome. He's a great producer. He's a uh, guitarist for the band Duel, if you're familiar with them. Yeah. Um, they're really good, really good. And uh, so it's cool to got to go in there. He helped us finish the album and it was great. And we kind of sat and wait because we didn't know what to do at that point. But probably one of the best decisions we, we made is I sent the album, a couple tracks to um, a man by the name of Carl Daniel Leiden. He is an engineer out of Sweden. He had done some of my favorite albums that's come out in the past couple of years, uh, Lowrider, Refractions album. Definitely. Um, which is just, that that album just crushes. It's such a good album. And I love the way it sounds. And I, that's a big deal with the band is like, we had a band that said, these are, our, these are our songs, but it needs to sound like we wanted it to sound. And he had that kind of sound uh, with Lowrider and with Greenleaf, uh, with a band called Domcraft that we really like. Um, so like, obviously he's got a great catalog of artists and I was like, there's no way we're going to get this guy. But I emailed him, a, I, I emailed him kind of a cold email and sent him a couple songs. He wrote me back. He loved the songs. It was like, man, I'd be, I would love to mix a master. So he did. And I really think that took it to a different level. Although we still had no connections with anything, but then there's when, a difference when blast, in sound between, um, the mountain versus the quake that was on, that has been out for a while. And the one that you just re put out like on Spotify. Does that have to do with, right. with this? Yes. Yes. That, so the okay. old version we're now calling the demo version. The new version mm-hmm. is the, is the album version, which is the Carl Daniel Leiden mix. And okay. he is a beast. I mean, he just, I mean, I'm, I'm amazed at how good, you know, he's able like, I, I, I'm always like, Hey man, thank you for making it sound better than we are. I appreciate that. That was awesome. <laughs> but it had that raw sound with big rumbling bass we needed our drummer who's a beast. We needed him to be heard on this album that he, and the drums just come through so fat on this record. We're, we're, we're so pleased with it. But when Blasco, so Blasco had heard the demo version and he liked it and he heard, reached out to us and uh, he's like, do you have more music? And I sent him the, the Leiden mixes and he, that's why I said it would move fast. He got back and he was like, okay, we need to, we need to get this. We need to get this in writing. Let's get this done. And, and that was a very quick conversation talking to him. We're like, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds, yeah. Okay. Sounds great. 
And uh, but he's been awesome because uh, he really knows what he's talking about. Obviously, he's been in the industry for so long, yeah. but he's he's he'll tell it to you straight. He'll tell you like like you know when you write. We wrote twelve songs. We're like we got these are our babies, you know. And and he he's like nope these four cut. And we're like oh like it hurts you know it hurts so bad. But then you realize like when you start listening to the the piece of the puzzle you put together like we we really we agreed and then we. We went back and forth so much on like things like album art, because uh, he he's a, he's he's so right in how this is our debut album. Let's talk album art because I bring up album art on every single one of these podcasts because I'm always fascinated by it. I have yeah. you know a lot of years in art and design and all that stuff. So let's go there. Tell me tell me about the album art. I think it looks really cool and it looks a lot different yeah. than the Mountain versus the Quake single artwork too so was that a blasco decision or where'd that art come from and how'd you guys land on that concept it, it was so we had what because so, we were we were ready to release the album independently you know like the album's been done like i said for a year and we were ready to end it independently hopeful you know that a label would pick us up but just in case you know, we were like man we don't have an album out no one's gonna pick us up we just got we got lucky so we had art already done and i'm very very proud of the art like that was just single yeah. art but we had we had art done. Which looks great. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. It fits the scene. Yeah. It fits the music. And there's nothing wrong with it at all. Yeah. Steven Yoyada, who's a beast. He's, he's, yeah, he's everywhere. Getting, he's everywhere, man. And he's, and yeah. he's good at everything he does. He did my lick of my spoon logo. Like he does that all. He's, he's great, you know, but, uh, and it's great for the single. Uh, and then we had other art done by another artist. Um, and I sent it to Blasco and he's just right straight up going, this is really good. It's not good enough. I remember being like, damn, like, What's up with this guy? This is this, this art's awesome. This yeah. this is so good. What are you talking about? You know, but he's he was awesome. He uses connections to get us in chart in, in touch with several artists. Something that we could not have done. You know, like if we were just doing this ourselves, it'd have been like, all right, we get an artist and we pay for it, and and if we don't like it, then we're just kind of out of luck, and we can save some more money and pay for another artist. But he had the resources to be like hired like, like several artists. You know, and. Um, this guy Solo Marcelo, I believe he's out of Spain. I believe, and the art he was so he came up with this incredible, just incredible art. Uh, but we Blasco and I kept going back and forth because he'd even I was like, man, it's amazing, and then he'd be like, mm, it's too pretty. Like he would always have this little feedback, and I was always and I started I always questioned him until I realized he was right just about every time. So I was like, okay, I can't really ask yeah. Casey anymore. But then, so we had what we thought was our album art. And cause it's, it's this beautiful piece of art. Uh, yeah. And then ironically, the art that is our album cover, Solo just did on his own and he posted it. And the day he posted it, like I saw it like 30 minutes in, I go, oh my God, that is badass. And I, I screenshot it, sent it to Blasco and he's like, damn, that is badass. See if, see, if we'll, see if we'll sell it, if it's available. So I asked him, it's available. He pulled it from his website. We tweaked it a little bit with a couple things we asked for. It It became the album art. What I'm even more excited about is the other art I told you that was like incredible is going to be the inside art. And it's like... I was going to ask. Um, yeah, I was going to ask what happened to that then. I can't wait because then he adapted it because it was, it was just, you know, formatted to be a cover. But now he adapted it to be this fold out. Oh, man. Like I, I think people are going to flip when when... I'm going to flip out when I get the, when I finally get to hold the vinyl and open it up. But, uh, I'm very, very, we're very proud of it. Uh, you know, yeah. obviously I, we had no part of it. It was that, 
Blasco's drive to get the right art because he's right. He said that this is your first album. We only get, you know, I, I understand you only get one chance to make a first impression. And uh, he's like, it has to really stand out. And he, he wants something that like people look at, you know, if it's a blip on a magazine or on a website, something somewhere small, you rec- it's recognizable. And I, I think yeah. the colors, cause they're vibrant. I think the colors think are awesome. That. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be really, really cool. We're, we're, we're very, very, very thrilled about that. And, and that's nothing against, against Steven's artwork either, because obviously his artwork's insanely cool. And a lot of people use them in this scene. And I, I love the artwork and, and it definitely goes with stoner desert type music, but seeing the artwork that you guys went with, it just looks like you guys have like elevated to another level of band and music and, and everything else. It, and, you know, Steven's artwork is fantastic and great for T-shirts and, and singles and, right. and albums, too, and, and anything in between, anything that he wants to use it for. But the artwork that you went with definitely elevates you as a band, right. in my opinion. And Ryan, that feels really good to hear that because that was exactly Blasco's intention. And I'm like, he he definitely delivered, you know, like for sure. It looks uh, great because yeah, he he definitely delivered, and the artist delivered big time. So it was yeah. one of those just things that just came together really well. And because Blasco's really big on the fact that, and because I've I've we've all done it. Music heads like us have all done it. I have bought albums simply based on the album cover. Hundred percent. Uh, you know, yeah. I, you yeah. know I, I, all the time, especially back in the day. You know, when you had to go to like the CD store or whatever, like at the yeah. CD exchange. You know, you're like. This looks cool. I'm buying it. You know, I've done it so many times. And well, even now, like I I get a lot of music recommendations from YouTube or Spotify and I go through so many new albums a day. I'll go through 10 a day just listening to new stuff. Mm -hmm. So if I see 50, I'm only going to pick the 10 to have the shit that looks like it. I might like it. I'm not going to like just dive into some album that I'm not into the artwork because I, you know, it doesn't look like I want it to sound. So therefore, I'm not right. even going to take a chance on it. You know, it's crucial, and, uh, and and like I said, it's like we you you know that, and so when you're planning it yourself, you have art, you think it's good, but then you deal with someone who's been in the industry and as successful as Blasco is, he humbles you, and he, he like because he's like you think you know because I'm, I'm aware art's important, but then he tells you like it is, but it this is good, but not good enough, and that that's yeah. that's what's cool because to, to, to your point. You know, he's like, this art's really good. Like the, uh, the st- art that Steven did. He's like, this is really good. He's like, but this is going to label you as straight stoner rock. And yeah, because our album is not. We have some stoner rock songs. We have some doom songs. We have some songs that could have just, because ha- we're all influenced by the 90s. You know, that's what the grunge rock, you know, that's what we I grew yeah. up on. And and so we've got like a lot of different style songs on the record. And uh, that he wanted that to be portrayed. He thought that the, and it's a, it's a credit to to Carl Daniel Leiden, the engineer, um, because he says like he's like man, this is at a level of, of a recording level. Uh, the way the job he did, you know, of course he's like the performance of you guys on the on the record is great, and then the mixing is great, so the art has to be great. And I really appreciate him uh, like doing that for us. Todd has done. Todd is a really smart guy getting Lasco involved with Ripple. It's only going to take it to another level, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And he's signed so many good bands just in the last year, year and a half or whatever he's been doing that. And he's definitely making, making an effect. Making waves, we like to say in Ripple. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
So yeah. last thing has to be the music video because I watched the music video just a couple days ago and it's awesome. It's got uh, it's kind of almost like a Red Fang humor to it where it's like it's funny, but it's heavy and just outrageous. And I, I love this. It. a great video. And uh, how'd you guys come up with all that? Well, thank you for the kind words, because that was a blast to make. Uh, and what's funny how music videos work. So I had an, a different, a completely different concept. So I wrote the concept for this one, but I had a different concept written for the album, uh, for the uh, for the music video. Sorry. And uh, we kept getting things would come up because we had a deadline. So Ripple needed that we were releasing it April or I'm sorry, August 11th. We released it just what, four or five days ago. And so we had a deadline to get it all mixed and edited. And we're like, oh man. And we just, things kept happening. You know, one thing happened, one thing happened. We just couldn't get on the same page with uh, our crew to film it. And so literally we, we hammered out a date. We, we filmed that on August 1st. And then it was done like August 5th, which is crazy. Yeah. The, the, the guy who the guy who directed it and shot it, his name is Casey Coker. I've, I've worked with him before on other film projects. Uh, I wrote like a comedy pilot that didn't obviously didn't make it because I never made it, but he helped me shoot it. And so he's extremely talented and he's very he's got a weird mind like me, which is perfect. So when I'm calling him about like, all right, so we got to scrap the last idea. We got to do something quick. And so I came up with the idea that, first of all, to your credit, to, to your, your comment about Red Fang, we're huge fans fans of their music videos, right? Like, they're, like I'll watch them over. It's such a blast. I'll watch they're them low, They're low budget. They're so fucking funny and so outrageous. They're, they're great. I, I know. They're hilarious. They're great. And so I, I've always loved that. And we also, like the, the band, we all grew up in the era when music video meant something. Like when a music video was premiering, I was in front of the TV watching it and it was usually something like had a skit before, you know, and then the music, it followed a concept. It wasn't just always the song because what's, what's, what's beat to death right now is the, Hey, here's a band who plays in a warehouse, you know, like an empty warehouse. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's way overdone. And I did, I will not do a video like that. I just, it has to stand out. And uh, so the concept was, so when I wrote the song, The Mountain versus The Quake, it's actually from the perspective of it's personifying a mountain and personifying a quake, an earthquake. It actually is because, yeah, I kind of look at a mountain as being so so majestic and so bad. There's nothing that can defeat a mountain except an earthquake. But it's like the mountain's like, bring it on. I don't care. You know, like it, it's kind of it's personified. It, it's it's. I don't want to give away everything what the song is about because it's very like it's it's the English teacher in me, man. Right. It's very. It's it's uh, metaphorically speaking a lot in that mm-hmm. for, for what and I, li- I like to let people decide what they want it to be about. Right. But it was definitely written personified from those perspectives. And so we were like, man, it'd be super cool and funny to have like, how do you have like a mountain actually getting a fist fight with a quake? You know, like how do you actually do that? I was like, man, if you had a budget and we could animate it, we could totally do that. But we don't. And uh, so. <laughs> So I, I started just thinking about what could be funny. And, I, and it really was just me talking to my brother, uh, spitting ball on some ideas about how, man, what if, what if we had this? These, so the mountain is a character. So, so I'm Ryan Mountain. And then we have Frank Quake. And they're both fighting for a position. Uh, we're trying to think of something that's 
so stupid and ridiculous, like that has that carries no weight, like them wanting to be the sing the being the karaoke company band, you know, like like nobody like it's so insignificant, you know. But and I had this concept where like because so, in the song, you know, the mountains basically win, so I knew that I had to win. But it's no fun to have the the guy you want to win win. So I had to have it to be where it's like everybody loves Quake and he's like the man and they're like, oh, I can't wait to see this guy. And I'm like, wait, what are you even doing here? You know, they're not supposed to be here. And then we just go at it. And what was great about the props we had, I wanted my only request when I when I was telling Casey about this idea, the the, the guy who filmed it, I was like, I want a lot of, I want it to be like a B movie. Because uh, I'm really into like B movies and like 80s and 90s action films, which, which by the way, I've, that's why I always, if you follow us on Instagram, I always do like the movies that doom posts. That's something yeah. that I just started doing because I'm, I'm adamant about movies that doom and we're going to incorporate that into our other music videos. We've already got them mapped I out. I love that. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be cool. Uh, but, but, but anyway, we'll, we'll talk about our album release. Remind me to talk about the album release because that's going to okay. be involved. But the, um, what I'm talking to him about is I'm other request is I, I need, I need fake blood. I need fake blood and I need cheesy. Lots of it. <laughs> I need lots of fake blood and I need cheesy, like fight action where it's like obviously fake, you know? Um, and it was perfect because he had just got done. He's like, man, I was, I was actually just working on this horror film uh, and I've got some props left over. And so he had like, he, I had the idea to have a, an arm ripped off and uh, cause it's just ridiculous. It does, that's just stupid. And uh, he's like, well, I got, a, I got fake hands. I'm like, perfect. Let's do it. And, and then he had, he had a prop of like an eye, like a pencil in an eye. And so we put that, that's actually my wife that I, uh, I throw a pencil and, and she loses her eye. So it's, it's kind of funny, but it's a little inside joke that I, I, I injured my wife. But, uh, so we, we had all this fake blood and stuff and I, I, I couldn't be more happy with how it came up, came about. It turned Casey out great, did an amazing yeah. job. He, he edited it so quick. And I, I told him like, man, it's super low budget. But if he, if we had just done a video of like us playing in that office room, that looks like super, he did a great job. It looked really, really good. Yeah, it did. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's just hilarious that, you know, we're in a, so basically my concept was office space, office space meets fight club meets very bad B movie. That's kind of yeah. what we went with. And so we had a blast. The feedback we've got is awesome. The biggest thing that I was scared of is like, we just got talking earlier about, about Blasco. He'll tell you straight, like, nope, yes, no, whatever. So we, we, we had no time to like get it approved. You know, we, we got it done. We filmed it on a Sunday. I had it sent to him by Thursday because we had to have it done by that Saturday. It had to be like loaded and ready to go. And, but I was, I was so nervous. We sent it to like all the ripple people and Blasco and I just, Oof, we're so nervous. And then when Blasco came back with like, yes, this is what a music video is supposed to be. This is the right mind. Oh, oh. then we were like relieved and we were actually playing a show that night in uh, Galveston. And when I got the text, we were about to go on stage and go, Oh, I got check it out. Check it out. And we were all fired up and made that show that even that much better. So it was really cool. Yeah. Because it doesn't really matter with the music video, whether it's like super well-produced high budget, like amazing music video or like $7 on a budget as long as it makes an impact, right? That's the point is yeah. make an impact, entertain someone for four minutes. And that's, that's the point. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, exactly. he, can, he can talk about the artwork has to be a certain caliber, but like the music video is different. It has to be totally different, different. Thing. It doesn't have to be high production or high cost. It just has to be 
engaging and entertaining for four minutes, you know? And, and, and what I love about it is it set the precedent of like a music video is, is much more personal than an, than a record, you know, like, so, so people are going to look at the record. It's super polished. It sounds super polished. It's very well produced. The artwork is really clean and beautiful. But then here you got this freaking music video of a bunch of dudes fighting in an office scene where I, I got my arm I spraying blood on people and someone gets their eyes stabbed with it. I mean, it's ridiculous because that's yeah. who we really are. Like we're, we're, we're very serious about the music, but man, like we like, if, if it doesn't make me laugh, I'm, I'm what's the point. That's kind of how yeah. I am. So, so I like it set the precedent of like, that's the person that's kind of who we are. That's actually who we are as yeah. people. Like we're, we're, we're stupid, crazy, you know, always joking around kind of guys. And, but we just, we take the music very seriously. So I, 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 yeah, I really like the next one. We do. In fact, uh, I've got it all mapped out. We have, we, we know what our next single is going to be off our album. It's a song called heads will roll. And, uh, that alone, just so let's, let's, you know, there's going to be a lot of fake blood in that one already. So, uh, my only, re my only request is that the guy who's filming it said, Hey, can we, can we not do it in eight hours? Cause we did all that like in eight hours. Yeah. I was like, yeah, man, we'll do a, we'll, we'll, we'll do a couple day shoot and get it mapped out. And it, we, we're hiring an actor that I know who's really good. And it's just going to be, it's going to be really, really good. And Very we're going to cool. be filming a music video at our album release party too, which will be cool. And so, when is the album coming out? To segue into that, there we go. Uh, October 15th is when the album is released. And okay. so um, we so we can't wait. Obviously, it's going to come out on the 15th. Obviously, because I want everyone to hear the, the record. It's going to be – I'm really, really proud of it. And, and we're already writing – like we're already ready to go in the studio for the next one. That's what's so weird because this, this has been so long, you know? Like, yeah. we're, And we're already like – like we're already over the music. We're like, oh man, we're ready to get to the next one. You know, like we're already ready. So we're so anxious to get this out so that we can start playing uh, music from the next record, which we kind of already have because because that's what happens at our live show. Our live show is very crazy too. We'll 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 improv half this. Like I told you, I'm very lucky. The guys behind me are so talented that they can be like, hey, I'm just a singer. It makes my job easy. If they start improving, I just walk off. Cool. And then I come back when, when I come back when I feel like we're probably going to go into the chorus again or something. So it's kind of cool. But the mute the the album release, we're doing a big party, going to do a big blowout in Austin, and it's going to be a uh, Hydrogen Queen album release and Movies That Doom costume party. So it's going to be really cool. We're gonna we're gonna have like costume contests, and we're gonna encourage like you know uh, costumes from your favorite like '80s and '90s action film, like like. Mad Max and you know Commando and all the really terrible '80s movies that we love, you know, from yeah. from the day, you know, Rambo and and you know we got to get the we had to get like female characters in there, right? So we've got aliens and you know just give me I want I want some girl I want a girl to show up in a badass Sigourney Weaver costume, you know, yeah. because she was like my heart throb back in the day. So that's what I that's <laughs> what I need, you know, or like a, a really badass like Sarah Connor, you know, costume or. Somebody yeah. please do Tina Turner in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, right? With the big old chainmail shoulder pads. And anyway, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. But we're also gonna be filming a music video because we have another a third music video concept that it's gonna all tie into. So it'll be, it'll be where cool. is that gonna take place? The release that'll be party? it'll be in Austin in a bar called Swan Dive. It's right in the Red River District. I don't know how if you got familiar with the Red River District when you were down living in that I feel area. Like Swan Dive sounds familiar. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, but it sounds familiar. It is. 
it's right across. It's pretty much walking distance to Stubbs and and. Uh, I, I think Mohawk I saw Red Thing. I saw Red Thing at Stubbs actually. I'm pretty sure when I was down there. Such 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 a great venue, and that area is great because, like, being a Red River rat is the way to do it in Austin because it's all like rock, hard rock, metal, stoner, doom. Like that's like the area to go if you. Any night you can go down there and you're going to catch, you know, some kind of, I kind of, I kind of missed out when I was down there, honestly. Like, I don't think I was super into any of this at at that point. Like I was into like a small portion of some of these bands and hadn't quite like just jumped over the cliff yet. And this was like 2015, you know, it was like six years ago or something like that. But I probably missed out on so much being down there because I mean, we did, you know, blues music and country music, and we did all sorts of music related stuff, but I don't think we did a whole lot of doom and stoner while we were down there. And it, well, I, I want to say it's probably was just getting going around that time. You know, there's been kind of a resurgence yeah, of that, of that genre, you know, Definitely, uh, yeah. Queen of Stone Age, who you've got behind you is a big reason for that. Um, yeah. You know, their, their records started, they're, they're the, they're the, what I call the crossover band. They're the, yeah. they're the stoner rock band that went main, that that is that stayed true to the roots but just happened to go mainstream and not yeah. just mainstream mm-hmm. like explode you know like got huge and uh it allowed a lot a lot of bands that kind of hard rock edge to kind of have a, a chance to be heard so it was really cool both of these bands back here queens of stone age and truck fighters like i was such a big fan of queens of stone age and i was getting so bored with like heavy metal just metal music and like death metal and shit i just got kind of tired of right. it so i was like i need to find a band like queens of stone age but that has Truck. new music Truck. and i'm like does it exist and i was on youtube and i'm searching and listening to stuff and trying stuff and then truck fighters came on just from like a algorithm recommendation and i was like oh fuck what is this and then it was so like awesome then i just dove in and head first from truck fighters and queens really i think that was kind of the start of and all truck of fighters just another one of the it's one of many incredible bands in that genre that are out of sweden it is ridiculous yeah. how many good bands are out of that area but yeah, yeah truck fighters are great i i love truck fighters and like caius was my was my uh my gateway band you know like to the to the stoner you know desert rock uh and so it was just natural that you know, I continued that with Queens of the Stone Age, you know, with Josh Homme carrying it over and, and some of the other members like Nick Oliveri and those guys are in the early, early days. So it's awesome that they hit it. And Sinkaius was kind of the band that crossed over too. Like they were this, those, you know, stoner desert band that wasn't very big. And then they blew up and started touring with Metallica, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it just yeah. kind of, it just kind of, it just, it's funny how Josh Homme kind of did it twice, you know, like he, he's yeah. a super talented dude to do that, which is, which is amazing. But the, yeah the the whole when you were in austin it probably just started picking up and and now i'm telling you there's so many good bands like i'm at the point now where i'm like telling todd like and, and ripple like blasco like hey man you you might want to jump on some of these other bands that are down here they're really For really sure. good because because yeah. somebody's somebody else is going to there's a lot of talent down here yeah. we're just lucky to be a part of that in some shape or fashion yeah well, there, there's so much good music just down there in general. You're in a good spot for all of it, whether whether you're into this kind of music or not. It's it's unreal. Yeah, absolutely. But we're looking, and I, and I know you're in Illinois. So once the album comes out, we're trying, we're hoping to hit the road. Probably, and we'll probably hit it really hard in 2022. And we're looking to get up to the Midwest. Our drummer is from Indianapolis, okay. and he's adamant about 
like he's toured the he's he's toured a lot with other bands and whatnot, and he's adamant that you know you know a lot of people are always like let's hit the West Coast or let's go down you know Florida. Man, he's adamant that for heavier rock, the Midwest is the way to go. And so I'm gonna take his word for it. And I'm totally well, cool I mean, with it. We're only a couple hours from Chicago, but if I can make for make a case for Rockford, it's called Rockford for one thing. Come on, right? Which just it's already gonna look great on a poster. So exactly, that, you know, <laughs> we have a hard rock casino coming to town. You got a great venue there you can play at, and it's I home like of that. Cheap Trick. All right. Oh, there the you go. Thing. What else do you need? <laughs> sold, sold. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know. See, my parents, my parents, you know, were were from Texas, but they retired in uh, St. Louis. So they lived in St. Mm-hmm. Louis. So I'm like, we got to find. So we got to go through there because I can get a home cooked meal on the way up to Illinois <laughs> or whatever else, you know. So, yeah. so it's definitely gonna happen. It's definitely gonna happen. We're we're we're, we're putting together uh, some pretty exciting things because it's so weird that we're even talking about touring when we still only have like one song really out. <laughs> um, but you know, like we're, we're going to play in, in Scotland next year. We're already booked on this festival called red crust festival in May of next year. And it's perfect because it's like, we play on like the 28th school gets out the 25th. I'm like, perfect. So I just <laughs> I guess, see it kids. And then I'm going to be flying to, to, to Scotland, but then we're going to, we're, we're planning, you know, a European, a Europe tour of some kind, you know, while we're over there, uh, we're in the process of doing that, which is, which is mind blowing. And of course I reached out to bands like truck fighters. And of course I reach out to bands like Lowrider because they can only tell, you no. but that's yeah. the one takeaway I've learned about all of this from making my spoon and from hiders at queen is I'm not scared to ask people. And I guarantee you that's why, like I asked Blasco, Hey, check this song out and look, and it, it, and we got signed. You just, I'm not scared to like do that. And so, whoever listens that's out way, there, that's what you got to do. I mean, just thing. just you being on this podcast is a good example of that. You know, that a lot yeah. of people were like, "Well, I know this guy that might kind of be in a band, and he could be on your podcast." And I was like, "No, I'm going to ask these bands that I like, and I'm going to ask Ryan Garney to be on here." And and you said yes. So here we are. And, and man, <laughs> I I can't even begin to tell you. Like, I'm still humbled anytime anybody asks me to do this. I'm like. He wants to talk. I don't know why, but I, I told the band. I, I told the band. I'm like, hey, I don't know why this guy. You know, because I've seen some of your podcast. I mean, he wants to talk to us. I, I guess we'll give. You know, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna do it. Uh, and I, several of them, like my, my drummer's in a session right now, so he apologized. He couldn't be it. My my bass player was putting down two of his kids. He's probably good now, but we're at probably at the tail end. And then my drummer's always doing sessions. He's a session drummer, which is oh, why yeah. he's also so good. And so he was doing sessions, which ironic, by the way. Uh, most of his sessions are like country music. And if you were talking earlier about like seeing, like you would go see some blues artists or some country artists, if there's ever like a country or blues drummer, you're like, damn, that guy's a badass. Guarantee you he's a rock drummer paying the bills with country and blues music because that's what pays the bills. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's Guar- probably true. Guarantee you. Yeah. Guarantee you. But no, man, I'm, I'm completely humbled that you asked me to be on this and I, I'm really thrilled to come on. And, and I hope, you know, when the album comes out, I hope, you know, obviously I hope good things happen. Hopefully you'll want to have me on here again because uh, yeah. I'd love to, man. It'd be cool. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to the album. Uh, I'm really looking forward Thanks, to it. And I'm really looking forward to Ripple Fest Rockford. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep, keep pushing it, man. Keep pushing it. I like it. I like it. So it, it's, we're almost up on an hour here, but I want to do this little game that I call Real or Fuzz. And I made a special awesome. version just for you. 
with instead of album covers, we're going to do concert posters. Since you put on Ripple Fest, I made concert posters. So I'm going to put up 10 rock, metal, concert posters. Some are real. Some are fuzz. Some are fake that I made. And you're going to tell me which is which. All right. So this is the first one. Catastica. Catastica. Man, I hope that's not fake. That's badass. Uh, so, but I have to give you an answer, huh? Tell me if it's I'm, real. I, or I want it to be real. So I want it to be real so bad that I'm going to say it's real. Yeah, this is real. And and funny story is I actually have this poster when I was down in Austin. You can see here down at the bottom. Um, Flamingo Cantina. Cantina. Yeah. So I was walking I down the street think- with my girlfriend in Austin and I saw this poster up on the wall and it was already past May 16th. And I was like, this is the most absurd poster I've seen ever. I'm taking it. And I took it and I have it still in my office. <laughs> and that thing is phenomenal. I mean, it's great. Yeah. Look at the girl. She's got, I mean, we've speaking of movies at Doom, we got Total Recall. The girl has three boobs. This girl's yep. got eight. <laughs> That's a great poster. No idea yeah. what Catastica sounds like, but it's such a good poster. So that I, one, that one is real. And Flamingo Gatino is an, a fantastic venue. I, I hope it's still around. I don't know if it is or not, but it's, it's yeah. an awesome venue. All right, what we got? Because that's awesome. Catastica. Yeah. That's fantastic. All right. I'm already intrigued by White Lodge as a, being a Twin Peaks fan. <laughs> Astro Boner with Metropolis. This is awesome. Once again, I want to say I want it to be so bad, but I'm going to say it's fake. This one's fake, yeah. This one I'm That's awesome though. Because first of all, <laughs> huge. I'm a huge Twin Peaks fan. So I saw White Lodge. And so I think it was White Lodge and Black Lodge. But the Astro <laughs> Boner, if that's not a real band name, it definitely needs to be. Yeah. Astro Boner. That's awesome. Diarrhea Planet. Wow. <laughs> Link, Lincoln Hall, Chicago. By the way. I'm going to be at Lincoln Hall, Chicago. We're going to go. We bought my wife and I bought tickets. If you're in the area, we're going to be going to see uh, Resin and King Buffalo there. So oh, keep nice. that in mind. Cool. Uh, because I know that Lincoln Hall, Chicago is a real place. I'm going to say real. This one is real. You're doing pretty good. I thought Man, that three, very three, often. Three, that one. Diarrhea planet and this this random astronaut cat. I don't know. I thought that I would get you on that. Yeah, but but cats are such a big part of Doom. I'm finding out. And mainly from Blasco, <laughs> that I'm, I'm I'm all about it. Oh, that's right. Yeah, all Blasco right. does love his cats, doesn't he? Oh, big time, man! All right. Oh, that's a fantastic name, Jack Officers. That's awesome. Thursday, the Cave Club, man. Jack Officers. That's all. I'm gonna say real. That one is real. All right. I'm four for four. Man, I'm getting nervous now. Yeah, I'm getting nervous. Bad taste store. Bukak. <laughs> this is awesome. And Twatsicle. Too too fantastic to be real. This is fake. This is fuzz. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you got it. This is fuzz. This, too fan this is that's too fuzztastic right there. That's too fuzztastic <laughs> to be real. That's awesome. You're, you're doing way too good at this. Bukaki said, "Oh, that's awesome. That's a great name, Bukaki syndrome." <laughs> oh, I love the cow. I love the cows. Cows are great. Uh, pocket fishermen <laughs> and faucet. It's so ironic that fisherman is misspelled. That's the English teacher in me. 
So I'm going to say fake, unless that's probably a stoner rock band that spells it that way. But I'm, I'm going to say fake. I actually don't know the cows at all, but this is real. This is a guy that makes a lot of like Melvin's posters and stuff. Well, see the cows. I've seen the cows with Melvin's. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you see some of their, his posters, they all look kind of like this and stuff. They're really vibrant and stuff, but this is a real one. And that's a, that's an awesome poster. Actually, if you have that artist's name, I'm going to get it from you when we're done. But yeah, the, I'll, uh, I'll give it to you. I, I forget what it is off the top of my head. But. So that's a classic example of, you know, an, another band. Like I, I have this idea of doing like as a, as a teacher being the Dr. Stoner Rock or Mr. Stoner Rock, Professor Stoner Rock. And I was going to make fun of all the bands that don't know how to spell, you know, like their band names that add extra letters or put Z's instead of S's and stuff like that. Well, I'd have to add Pocket Fisherman to the list. But I could be wrong. Cows, I believe, Dale Crover, the drummer, I believe, was in Cows for a while. Hmm. So uh, I, I could be wrong. I but I know there's some kind of Melvin's connection, more so than just the artist. There's probably a lot All of right. Melvin's connections. Those guys are busy. All right. So I'm, yeah, those guys are awesome. Nashville Pussy is a fantastic band. Uh, the short. So I'm going to say real. This one is real. Fantastic right, so poster, also. This <laughs> Yeah, it is. I love I love the the stockings there. The pantyhose looks like it's got on or something. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You can't you can't go wrong when when your band's already Nashville post Nashville Pussy, you probably can't make a bad poster. I'm so I'm, a, I'm to, shocked by the amount of bands that actually have pussy in their name for, for real bands. I agree. And big names, semi big names. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Like they're like they're huge. All right, so right. I'm, I'm, I missed one. I'm, I, I want to. I got to make sure I have a passing score. It's the teacher in me here. So, <laughs> Pearl Jam with Supergrass. That would be an awesome show if it was a long time ago. Desert Sky Pavilion. I know that's a real place. So I'm gonna say real. This is fake. I did this one. Oh, dang yes. it! I mean, like I only miss. I can, I can miss one more, and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, this that's was cool actually poster, an old though. ad. It was an old ad for like a washing machine or a, like a dishwasher, I think. And this was yeah, a real I, I tour. Pearl Jam did play with Supergrass, but I, I put it on this fake poster. That's what I thought. Because I thought they played together for a while. So, oh, well. It's good stuff, though. All right. Ooh, I've seen this poster. This is real. It is real. Yeah, I've seen that there poster. There are so many good Queens posters. And I just thought this one was like one of the more absurd ones. I maybe I'd get you that way. Actually, yeah, honestly, I, I, I thought like about it. putting this one in there and just seeing if you noticed. <laughs> but we talked it about right, it. It was right over your that. shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. How many more left do I got? What number um, am I on? I think this might be the last one, actually. So I so I have to get this. So I can even get this wrong and I pass. That's good. I'm I'm, I'm happy with that. But I, I'd like to get that B. Yeah. So let's see. Seventh Man Productions, Eat the Rich. Man, the Melvins. I, I, I'm going to have to say real because the Melvins make some really strange, obscure posters. They do. And this is fuzzed. That's a fuzzed one, man. That, that, <laughs> you, you should definitely hit the Melvins up because that's a, that's a well done, strange poster. That, that fits them perfectly, man. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's well done. I'm not. I guess I have to hit you up for posters, man. Thanks for <laughs> some really good ones in there. Anytime, anytime. 
Yeah, man. Well, that was fun, that man. Was fun. That's I, I passed. All I got. I got a, you I passed. Got a 70. That's, that's, that's 70. That's fine by me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate your time so much, man. And I, I, I can't say how big of a fan I am of the festival. And I'm so excited for High Desert Queen. And thank you so much for taking an hour. Man, I, I'm beyond humbled to have been a part of the show. I, like I said, I hope that you asked me to be back again at some point because hopefully you don't hear the record and go, mm, I'm not getting that guy back. So hopefully it's worthy uh, of coming back because uh, I had a lot of fun, man. And, and you can try, I got to improve upon my 70 score next time. So that's why I'm ready, definitely ready for that. Anytime. All right. Thank you so much. We'll talk later. Absolutely. Good, good talking to you, Ryan. Bye. Yeah, bye.